Hello and a very warm welcome to the spiritguides.co.uk network radio. This week we've got Kirin Webb, the hypnotic prophet. Um, if I may, just before we start, um, I'd like to read a little, um, uh, I guess, a kind of a legal disclaimer, really, just before the program starts. Is that okay? That's absolutely fine. Okay. Um, well, basically, uh, due to recent changes in English law, I need to state that what I say should be considered to be for entertainment purposes only, um, that any psychic work attempted by me should be considered to be an experiment, and that no guarantee is offered or implied. Um, obviously, nothing that I say or do should be taken to mean that I'm advising anyone to either act or not act in any specific way. And finally, that my belief in the possibility of spirit communication and the survival of the soul is an integral part of my religion. Hello, it's good to have you on again. It's been quite a while since, since we last spoke, um, but we do speak quite often on email, so um, it doesn't always feel like you're too far away from me anyway. No, that's right. Likewise. Thank you. Yeah. Um, just before we get going on the show tonight, um, just want to make our listeners aware um, we've got a columnist on on the uh, on the website called Sue Vincent, um, and she sent um, an email in, um, or she actually posted an article on her page earlier in the week um, to do with her son. Um, sadly, her son was stabbed in the head in um, Bournemouth Town Centre um, a week ago, and he's um, apparently he's on a uh, he's in a deep coma. Um, so. Really, I mean, we do try and encourage people to try and send light. Obviously, we do that on the show with the um, send light around the world, which is something that people have been taking part in. Um, so if anybody can just offer up their prayers or send light to Sue um, at this difficult time, and hopefully uh, some will pull through and, and be fine. Okay, mm. so God bless to you for helping out there. Absolutely. I, I, yeah, thank you for mentioning that, Ian. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. So, Kerin, so, um, you, as I say, you have been keeping me quite busy, actually, with um, quite a lot of emails to do with the uh, prophecies that you've been getting. Right. And um, and quite <laughs> coming sort of true the day after or a few days later. So, just thought um, it'd be quite good, good to recap some of those that you've been getting. Sure, yeah, okay. Um, well, the, the, the first one was we, we covered, a, I think, probably about a couple of months ago now, wasn't it? It was a, on the, the first show. Um, was the lightning strike, which was, I kind of went out, I was a little bit tentative and hesitant, but I, I said, okay, you know, here's one that I sense is coming up. And um, we mentioned that one and it happened, I think, within about three days. And then, um, well, as you're aware, I decided to start to send you emails in advance of prophecies um, that were brought to my attention by spirit. And I think the next one, I don't have um, my emails in front of me, but I actually just in anticipation that we might cover this, I, I jotted a few points down beforehand. And I think the next one I um, told you about, which was offline but by email, was about that forest fire, which um, was due to happen. That was when we recorded the second show together, about two or three days beforehand, Spirit drew my attention to the fact that there was going to be a really big forest fire. And they encouraged me to email you in advance to tell you about it so that you, in effect, would be another witness. Um, and they told me to, to email you pretty much immediately because if I left it till the date of the, the next radio show, um, the chances are it would have happened. Um, so if I left it to, you know, because like we usually talk for a couple of minutes beforehand, if I'd have left it till then, then in effect it would be past the moment to actually prove it that it, that it was a prophecy. So I emailed you um, pretty much as the, uh, you know, I think it was about two days beforehand. And on the day that we recorded the second show, I believe, was the day that the forest fire actually occurred. That's um, right, yeah. And it, 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 was, it was a massive fire. I remember reading it was um, in Alaska. And it was, I think it was some crazy, it was like 119 lightning strikes occurred in this, this forested area. And um, uh, it, it caused a fire which um, very soon hit about 5,000, then 7,000 acres. Then it went up, the, the news reports were following it, it went up to 12,000 acres. And I think the last time I, um, I saw the news report, it was up to about 23,000 acres. So it was a really big fire. Um, so that, that was, I think that was the next one after the, the lightning strike that we talked about on the air. And then these might not be in chronological order, but I remember there was another, um, time that Spirit encouraged me to email you. And I think it was with, um, two prophecies at the same time. One was to do with, um, boulders tumbling down a mountainside. 
and the other was to do with the cable car. I think they were they were in the same email. That's right, they were. Yeah. Right, and then it was probably I think I think all of the ones I told you about except one happened inside of a week and I think another happened inside of two weeks so they were all pretty close and this one people will remember that you know that watched the news that um, a few weeks ago now there was a terrible disaster that happened in China whereby um, thousands of cubic tons of rock and boulders literally did tumble down a mountainside and I think last I heard about 60 people were were missing um, in this situation um, so again, it was it was a, a, a major a major um, incident that took place. Now the, the the one to do with the cable car was actually curious, uh, a, a curious the way in which it unfolded, because uh, I started to look for news reports to do with this on the internet. I guess maybe a few days later, and um, I discovered a story that. It was relating to a situation that had actually happened about a day, day and a half before I got the message from Spirit that a new story was about to break to do with the cable car. And it was actually to do with, I believe, if, if um, the uh, information is correct, it wasn't just any old cable car. It was the world's highest and longest cable car in Kashmir. And what had actually happened is the a problem had de- developed in its gearbox, so it had actually stopped working. Um, and the problem, the actual breakdown, if you like, it occurred, as I say, about a day, day and a half before I received the information from Spirit about the news story that was going to break. But I guess because it's kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit out of the way, the actual news media didn't actually pick the story up until about a day and a half after Spirit told me to expect it. So that was kind of a little bit curious in as much as the incident had happened, but nevertheless, the story that they told me to look out for actually didn't break until about a day and a half later. And I did search the internet, you know, um, quite thoroughly around about that time to see if there were any new stories that were broken beforehand because, of course, if they had, um, that would, in effect, invalidate the, the, if you like, the, the prophetic information because the story would have been common knowledge. And although I didn't know about it beforehand, had it have been common knowledge, then people could rightly say, you know, well, you know, that one doesn't count so much because the story broke. But I, I, at the time, I, I haven't looked for a while now, but I couldn't find a story to do with that one in advance. So it seems like they were drawing my attention to the new story about an incident that had already occurred. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did I send you the one about the, train crash in advance yeah you sent me the one about the train crash about the one about the crane right um, yeah the, the, the train crash was, in, was interesting because you said that um, unfortunately you sensed a, a, a severe train crash with you know potentially quite a lot of um, people caught up in it accident you know um, and then it, it broke didn't it and it was a major story in America Yes, it was. Uh, it was um, Washington, I believe, wasn't it? It was yeah. um, uh, Washington State, and it was again. It seems now, I, I, and I hasten to add, and I, I'm pretty sure I said this. I certainly I've said it on the um, videos, and I may have said it when we spoke before. They're not always as rapid as this, and my sense is a little bit here, Ian, that where I share these with you, um, I think Spirit has given me things that have been about to happen rapidly, so I could share with you this information, and the manifestation occurred pretty close, so that, you know, if, if for instance, I was told something and it took six months to manifest, then whilst it might, might have been an accurate prediction, of course, the more time you allow the more chance that things, you know, the world in which we live, unfortunately, things like this happen from time to time anyway. So these, the, all of these have happened quite close to when we've spoken. And the, the Washington State train crash, again, was covered by the major news networks. Um, it was a big story. And I think it was the worst train disaster in Washington State. It was their, um, I think it was their equivalent of their... Um, kind of like the tube or something and it was on the above ground bit yeah it was tube yeah tube okay and it was it was the worst ever one uh, and if I remember the striking train hit the struck train with such an impact that the front carriage of the striking train actually ended up on top of the back carriage of of the next one so they do seem to have drawn my attention to um some some you know pretty major incidents and the other one you mentioned the crane I was um round my mum and dad's on Sunday and my mum just said to me in you know passing conversation she said you know Karen have you had any predictions given to you recently and I said well there has been this one that's been coming through to me for about two or three days I sense there's an imminent crane accident to happen and uh yesterday I 
I went to Access Yahoo because I've got a, like a Yahoo email account that I use yeah. to send information from one computer to another. And I noticed as I accessed Yahoo, the main, the lead story was that there was a major crane accident in Southampton, which is only about 35 miles from here. And what had happened, Southampton has a large dock area, I think it was Southampton Docks, one of the cranes had actually fallen, fallen over and it was a serious accident there. And my mum and dad, um, I think my mum was just going to work when they must have turned on the news and it stopped her in her tracks because she turned around. She said, "You know, my dad told me." She turned around in her tracks. She said, "Oh my, you know, like, oh my goodness, Karen told me about this yesterday evening, and it happened within, I guess, twelve to fifteen hours of me telling her, and about three days after I'd first got the message." So they they have been happening hot on their heels. Yeah, it's pretty quick actually. Um, there's a, there's a tool that you might want to start using if they start coming in even quicker, because uh, you know you're constantly searching the internet trying to find um, what's happened. There's people yeah. Google Alerts. Have you seen that? Oh right, yes, thank you, Ian. Yeah, yeah, I noticed it recently when I was um when I was uh, looking in Google because they've got Google News, haven't they? And you can actually click on the news and it'll pull up news stories as opposed to everything on the net on a particular subject. So yeah. I, I've recently discovered that I haven't used Google Alert yet, but that's, uh, that's one then I'll look into because it should make it easier, I guess, oh, won't it? It's very powerful. You just put in there exactly what you, um, what you want and it emails you when it matches a story. Brilliant. Oh, well, thank so, you. I'll give that a try. Easier. So... I mean, where do you think this is all leading to? And I keep asking this question, and I, you know, I apologise for doing that. But you're getting all these, all these messages, getting um, lots of confirmation um, yeah. that you, you can see stuff, and um, and obviously it's, it's probably you know it's good. It's giving you the confidence and the trust to do um, your, the personal readings that you do for people as well. Yeah. But there's there's definitely a bigger purpose for what you're doing because you're getting information about um, events that impacts lots of people. So. I mean, is it, is it really still building up to this kind of big shock thing, a big shock event, the big transition, the big shift thing we're going through? Maybe to sort of help help us through that. I mean, do you, do you sense any more things on that? Well, I, yeah, I agree with you. I think that that the sense I get is that all of these things have happened. And you've rightly said, I mean, and it's very astute of you, it has helped me to build my confidence up because you remember like the the first time, uh, I think it was the first show that I was on with you and we kind of tuned into spirit and they actually kind of gave me a message that they've given me all of these signs to build my confidence up because I would have been a bit too nervous to actually come out in public before and, you know, uh, shared these things. So they've, they have literally deluged me with proof um, so that I am, you know, pretty confident around this now and... Um, the sense I get is, and the sense I've had actually for a long time is, is the reason all of this is is happening. It's it's you know not just to, and I know, of course I know you understand this too. It's not just for me to kind of just think, oh wow, that's amazing. Spirit are telling me about these things and the, you know this this and this. This is, if you like, um, my understanding is, spirit in effect kind of saying to me and I guess other people that you know that are interested in this kind of thing. If they're able to convey to me information about these other, you know, disasters, natural disasters or accidents that happen and things like that with such accuracy, then the big picture, which is what I sense they're telling me about, is that they told me beforehand, Ian, just before we, we got together today, the, uh, kind of a phrase they gave me, and it's a phrase that's often been heard, but they reiterated to, this to me, the clock is ticking. And uh, although we hear very much in the news you know people talking about tackling climate change and you know people looking to to help stop violence you know and the the, the opening if you like prayer or, or requests for light that you you drew to our attention about the you know the terrible situation that's happened in Bournemouth this is all too common you know um and I, I sense that spirit is drawing my attention of course not just me there are lots of other people that are getting this kind of message um and that they're, they're telling me, us, you know, everybody that's doing this kind of thing, you too, I know with the work that you're doing with the spirit guides and you're helping to get the message out there in a really big way, that we as a planet, we really need to get our act together because the clock is ticking. And if they're giving me this warning message about this, and if they've proven to me and now to you, you know, we've we both got the emails to show that they came in advance and you could you could check news stories and things like that if if it's this accurate as regards these situations 
then it's likely to be accurate to one degree or another, you know, however my interpretation is, of this, if you like, this um, big shock event that they say we're headed to. And I think it, you know, I don't, I, it's not clear to me exactly what the big shock is. My sense is it's likely to be a culmination of climate change. It's likely to be a culmination of the terrorism and the wars and the violence and uh, even just the violence, you know, on a local level. Um, I, I think spirit are drawing our attention to the way governments operate and the way big business operates and my senses and again i was tuning in kind of before the show just to kind of get into that kind of right kind of space and the 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 sense i got was that really we as a world society we we need to take back power because a long time ago i think um society let its power go and they gave its power to governments and they gave it gave its power to you know, um, some big businesses and, you know, um, for instance, and I, I'm sure you're aware of this. I remember my dad used to tell me years ago that, um, scientists have long, long ago, uh, been able to use other sources of power for engines, but I believe it's the petrol companies have bought the rights out and it keeps disappearing. Why? Because petrol's a big money spinner or oil's a big money spinner for people, but it's not very good for the planet. That's right. Um, yeah. So I, I, my sense is that spirit is, what spirit wants us as a society to do now is to unite together in order to, to take back our power so that rather than us doing what governments tell us we should do and rather than responding quite sheepishly sometimes to the power of big business really if society all around the globe began to work together as one for the best interests then we could actually tell government what they should do based on the best for society and what businesses should do based on the best and i think that's what what where we where we need to be headed really yeah but how do i mean how do we get there i mean it's you know, we know what we need to do, don't we? Um, yeah. But we all feel so isolated as individuals. It's very hard to get us all together to build a force, if, if you know what I mean. You know, we're, we're there on great, in greater numbers on the internet, chatting yeah. through uh, forums or networking sites, stuff like that. But it feels like we're still isolated. And it's, we're not really doing anything. Um, I agree so, with you. It, yeah. it does. I think, Ian, that, you know, in the last, and I think we touched on this before, in the last few years... Um, there has been a sea change in people's ability to network and communicate. You've got like, for instance, the work you've done with the Spirit Guides web- website and the social network. You know, um, people are on Twitter, Twittering all of the time, you know, and it, loads of people. If, you, if you're really popular, you know, you can have tens of thousands. Or I think, was it Demi Moore probably? She's probably out there with a million or something like that. You know, so you can contact large amounts of people very, very quickly. I noticed the situation um, in Iran the uh the was it forgive me if i mispronounce his name is it musavi the the um musavi right the guy that was um uh in opposition to ahmadinejad um he's on i I clicked onto him he's on facebook and they're they're sending him excuse me it's a fan go they're sending he's sending information out regularly through facebook um and i think that's helping their movement so i think we are on the threshold of being able to interact globally at the touch of a button. And I think that's where we're heading. And I think, you know, there's, a, there's a, uh, some stuff in the Bible. I remember listening to the, I kind of grew up in a Christian background. And there was a phrase in uh, some of the, in the Old Testament. I think it was, a, uh, in the future, people will be moving uh, fast to and fro and knowledge shall increase. And that was one of the prophets there looking forward. And um, I, I get a sense that, you know, that whoever that prophet was, I can't remember, maybe it was Amos or one of the, well, certainly one of the Old Testament prophets, they were onto something there because in the modern world we do, we rush to and fro in cars and planes and, you know, helicopters and knowledge has increased. You know, anybody can click into the internet now and they can research any subject and it's there in a heartbeat. So I think that, you know, those prophets and prophets from other cultures, because this knowledge, if you like, has been coming through. You've quoted the Mayans to me in the past. And what was it they were looking through to, what did they call it, the long count? Long count calendar. Right. Okay. Yeah. So lots of cultures have been aware of this this watershed time that we've been coming to. And I think um, some some of these people that have been able to look into the future from far back have seen the the technological increases that would happen to enable us to communicate and i think that's where that's what's going to happen so through the internet through uh you know mobile phones 
um, people are going to connect with each other. And then, as you rightly say, I think it's a good idea that once the connections have been made on the internet, where possible, that people actually get together as groups, for instance, and do, you know, we were talking recently about the peace revolution. Yeah. I think it'd be a great idea if once a year, you know, maybe, I don't know, the longest day of the year or something, people got together in their local communities or in their local countries and they did a walk, maybe a mile, is it? And they walk a mile for peace um, and actually mobilize in some way so that both through social networking, through internet connections, and then physically getting together, doing something like, you know, walk a mile for peace and, you know, maybe have a conference or a talk about something. So we, we really begin to unite and start to mobilize and, and take our power back so that we can shape the world. Yeah. I mean, just to echo what you just said there, um, the, way, the way I'm I'm sort of looking at things, um, and this is kind of taking a lot of the um, uh, the uh, philosophies, if you like, from the indigenous tribes like the Hopi, the Mayans, um, and the Aboriginal Native Americans. Um, they they all seem to be saying, and I, I don't know whether they say this or not, but this certainly was being um, translated through the people that work those tribes quite closely, and it's coming through in quite a lot of. Um, uh, uh, philosophies that have been posted on the internet they seem to be saying that time is going to be speeding up right. right and then events will be happening faster and faster and faster so where before you might have something big happening like every 10 years and then it'll be like every, the same big happens every five then it'll be every three then every two and then it'll be every one then every month and then every week every minute every yeah. second it's like everything's going to sort of converge up to a singular a, a point like a singularity like a point where yeah. all these events just go crazy um but so they always say that there's going to be quite a lot of stuff going on in that sense that you know we're going to go into a madness like complete chaos if you like um, but also you know there's, there's order in chaos as well um, yeah. but they also say about we're moving into a time of unity like unity consciousness so while this crazy stuff's going on we're right. actually have got this unity consciousness going on as well right now yeah. The theory that I, I really like and it's something that sits well in me uh, resonates with me is that I feel that reality is, is kind of like a reflection of consciousness yeah. right? so the outer world is really part of the inner world so what I mean by that is that um, for instance we are moving towards a unity consciousness now now we are all one okay so there's a there's a concept called the law of one where yeah. everything in the universe is actually one thing God is just one yeah and we're all kind of different aspects of the one creator yeah and so Right now on Earth, we live in this kind of one reality that we're all part of. But because we're heading towards unity, the outer world is manifesting mechanisms to mirror unity. So what have we got? We've got the Internet. Now, if you look at the Internet, the Internet is a perfect example of consciousness, yeah. right? As a one... Yeah one being it's got everything in it it's got the kind of the darker side to it it's got yeah. the lighter side to it and it's all it's like one being sort of manifesting together everyone's sharing their ideas it, it might not be perfect yet it might not be all this pure loving thing but it's certainly manifesting unity isn't it it is yeah yeah I, I agree you know the thing that you said Ian um, about things happening so much faster I think we really are at the um, the thin end of the wedge now at that particular if you like that time frame because you know so often we we turn on the news and they say you know this is the the biggest record for this or or this is the you know this has happened and it's it's often does seem to be it's always record breaking events that seem to be happening at this time um, and I, the sense I get too is that what you've called unity is that we are, as a, a, if you like, as a race, as a world, working towards um, a, a unity consciousness so that together, rather than as disparate, you know, as, as English and Scottish and Welsh and Americans all, if you like, acting separately and thinking separately, that we're starting to begin to think globally. It's, it's kind of weird that you brought this example up, you know. I, I, I was... Um, going out yesterday and I remember thinking to myself I was sat in the car I think just waiting for Jill we're about to go out and I remember thinking to myself cool you know uh, about 20 years ago I used to th you know used to think in a very um, 
national sense, you know, thinking of England and then, of course, the wider world, America was out there or India or wherever, and they were kind of over there in the distance. But now, when I think, I think very globally, and I think probably most people are are thinking in a more global way than they did before. And I, I reckon this is a manifestation of this unity consciousness that you're talking about. Absolutely. In fact, when I was watching the, the protests in Iran and I saw those people, because I must admit I was fairly ignorant of what the culture was like in Iran before those TV footages on um, YouTube, because oh. we only really saw what they, the West has been trying to portray of Iran. But yeah. I just saw these people that were just like us. Yeah, and, yeah I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, and I just felt like they weren't people in Iran, they weren't of another culture or race or religion, I just felt completely at one with them and wanted to support them. <laughs> yeah. And, you know. Yeah, so. I know what you mean. It's, it, the modern technology is breaking down barriers, you know, uh, and I know what you mean because I was looking at them, they're dressed like we dress, you know, largely, there's a few differences here and there, but that, that, it shows us they're people. You know, we're all just, uh, when I say just, I mean in the sense of the same, we are all people. And, um, it, you know, for too long, and I guess, you know, before modern technology was around, um, I guess it's understandable that we used to think in a, in a if you like, um, a, a, a narrower way, because that's the, that's the way the world was back then. But with the advent of, you know, um, uh, the internet, particularly the internet, of course, modern air travel and modern trains and things like that. And back when our grandparents were around, probably uh, it was a big treat for them to go to a day to the seaside, you know, whereas now people can jet off to Honolulu or wherever quite easily. Um, so the world has got a lot smaller and it does, I think that has helped us to understand um, that we're all people. And w once we realise that, that, you know, the the, you know, the person in the other country is just like us. We then understand that. So again, uh, drawn on my background uh, um, when I was a kid in a, a Christian background, is it love thy neighbour as thyself? Um, and when we realise that everybody is our neighbour out there, whether they're in America, whether they're in Germany or wherever, um, and they are just like us, pretty much, um, it does make it easier, I think, for people to to start to be able to think in a more compassionate way when we understand that we're all just people yeah so that's, that's the key as well is to if mm. you look at somebody as yourself so yeah. if, you, if you think that we're all one with the creator so you you should see the creator in everything that you look at so if you're looking yes. at a flower a tree another an individual so they're all just aspects of the one creator and then you don't judge them anymore because you think no. well you're only judging yourself Yes. In that respect. So the, yeah. the other, I think the other key to it as well is moving away from um, a kind of head-based mindset where you always think logically. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with logic, actually. It's good to have a balanced right brain, left brain. But what I'm saying is, is that rather than thinking always from the head, but start thinking from the heart, yeah. you, know, really believe, you know, really sort of um, feeling things. You know, how do you feel when you make a decision? really feel how it sits inside of you and whenever you do something do do it because it feels right yeah you know what i mean sort of moving forward from a heart-based kind of unity consciousness yeah yeah i i think you know i was reading something re recently and they quoted they're talking about repentance again from a biblical perspective and they said that actually the english translation of the word repentance is is all is much too narrow and i think the greek word i might mispronounce this but i think this is right is metanoia and basically, it means a total change of heart, total change of mind, uh, that a person's outlook becomes very, very different. And I think that that is, in a sense, what spirit is looking for um, a large part of humanity to do. Now, there, there are, you know, there are millions of people out there that are already from all different religions and you know maybe some not even following a particular religion but you know their heart and mind is in the right place so they're living in tandem with spirit that way so there are lots of people out there that are already kind of on track but unfortunately um the the world that we live in now is is very skilled at snatching people's attention from the issues that matter and you know, help um, encouraging people to get caught up with what the latest reality show is talking about. It's not to say that they're inherent, in, you know, intrinsically evil or bad or anything like that. You know, I've tuned into X Factor and things like that, and you know, cheered when the owner Lewis won because she's a great singer. I'm not saying they're necessarily bad, but there, there are so many things in the modern world that um, 
uh, to kind of tear people away from the real issues to get us caught up in things that um, really don't have that much substance when if people were focused on the issues that mattered, even just for you know a, a period of time a week, I think we'd actually get a lot more done. And I think, um, I, I think when people start to think perhaps a bit more deeply and to understand that actually we all do have power, you know, a lot of people have, if you like, given away their power. I think when people realise actually if they unite that they have power as a collective, if you like, and when we experience this change of heart so that, you know, we don't have to regulate businesses because if we don't, they'll rip us off somehow because the people that run the businesses are coming from a totally different perspective where they're looking to achieve the best outcome for all concerned, then I think the world will be a, a, a much different and a much better place. And I think that's what spirit is is um, anticipating is going to happen when we come to this, if you like, big shock event. People are going to kind of step back and they are really going to, um, in, a, in a very serious and sober way, evaluate the history of the world and the culture that we've created, some elements of which are good and some of which could do with the change. And it will be those elements that I think society is going to say, uh-uh, you know, that didn't work. Um, and there will be a sea change in the hearts and minds of many people who are not currently perhaps as focused on on these kind of issues and who are not perhaps coming from a heart-based, um, compassionate place as um, perhaps some other people currently are. Yeah. But when, when you think about it, I mean, when the amount of people that you meet in your daily lives who are just, um, just going to and fro, doing normal things, most of them are very compassionate, loving people, aren't they? Yeah. But they're just they're focusing all of that love and uh, compassion on an icon or a celebrity or you know something that's it's not really going to change the world as such. It's not going to do anything positive. They're not they're not doing anything bad. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, but what we actually need is more people to start being more compassionate about the environment. Start thinking about how we can make a positive world really you know and i suppose start a movement in a way with your peace revolution you know where i think the more people that get involved and speak up then the people that do hold the reins of power will have to have to listen in some way um but at the moment it's um i suppose what I, I think actually what i'm trying to lead to here is that I, I actually believe we're actually getting there i do seem to see a lot of evidence on the internet of a lot of people campaigning um, yeah. that we are getting there it's just that at the moment it's being reported in most of the alternative media on the internet however the alternative media on the internet is really growing um there's a few websites that i visit um one is called the examiner um wow. dot com and it's um it's a professional news site and what they do right rather than rely on mainstream um journalists um they actually um invite freelance journalists to come on board who are not right. controlled or, or anything like that to, to write about stories and so the the Brilliant. scope and the, the whole honestly that the, the the array of stories that get on there is incredible. They just cover everything, you know. Not everybody's going to agree with some of the um, some of the articles because they're completely out there, um, mm. and you have to have an extremely open mind to um, to absorb them. Um, and I have no problem reading those ones, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> but there's there's quite a few websites like that are really building in momentum. And I think what's going to happen is that eventually there'll be a tipping point in the media yeah. where people go, "Hang on a minute, people are no longer reading our newspapers." You know, we're going to have to start doing something. Yeah. And then they'll have to start reporting the news to really stay afloat. Yeah, I think uh, a wonderful example. I think this is another another example of people starting to reclaim their power with through the use of modern technology. Those people couldn't have done what they're doing in a way that um, is influencing people in such a such a big way. Because, you know, if any one of those reporters, you know, try to set up on their own before the Internet existed, well, they might be able to photocopy a few leaflets and set, you know, Put them, deliver them on a street corner or something. But through the power of the internet and through people uniting, it sounds like they're, you know, making a really big impact. And I think this is another example of people are now starting to reclaim their power and realise that they can influence, you know, um, government, society for the better. Um, and in so doing, uh, I think we, you know, we're, we're moving 
towards this what you've called this unity consciousness it's starting to happen as you say like in lots of little pockets and then i guess eventually with the power of the internet and everything and networking all of these little pockets are going to make connections that you know one person in one network on one side of the world sends a message out to you know for some good cause or to stand up against some some um you know dastardly thing that's taking place somewhere and that at the speed of you know click of a button that information can be shared with millions of people around the world and um, through all of these networks to draw attention to what needs attention drawn to. So, uh, yes, it sounds like a, a, a great website. I'll check it out. Yeah. There's quite a few, actually. I could send you a whole list. <laughs> oh, you send me a list then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Particularly the wacky ones. <laughs> well, maybe I'll put them up on the, on the site when, when I uh, put the podcast up as well, let people know, because it is quite interesting. I mean, I, I, I'm not, I don't, I've never encouraged people to really follow the news, because I don't like following uh, fear. And sometimes we get hooked up in the news, then you feel as if you're constantly riding this wave of fear, and you're, you're, you're not really living, if you know what I mean. You're not living in the yeah. now. You're just constantly worrying. Um, I mean, I did go through a stage where I completely walked away from news, I must admit. And I, I had to because that was a point in my spiritual development where I was absorbing everything. Where yeah. I was, you know, where you, I just, oh, so angry all the time. Like, oh, this is outrageous. Yeah. And then I, I went through a phase where I found inner peace. And I realized that, you, you know, you can't sit there and worry and, and make yourself angry you have to find your inner peace yeah. and sort of do the inner work and it took me a long time and I'm sure a lot of people have gone through that or are going through that right now and then once you get through that you find yourself in that centred state then you can actually work from the right place because you're not working from a filtered mindset of anger which is only going to make you do something irrational right. so you kind of have to find that inner place within you and um so anyway, I, I can't remember what I'm going to say. Now. <laughs> the useful point, Ian, that you've highlighted yeah. there, thanks, yeah. is, is to do with emotions because I, I think all emotions in certain contexts are useful. Now, fear left unchecked is is unhealthy and it's bad and it, it blights people's life. But I think, you know, um, if I'm walking down the street and a lion suddenly appears from somewhere and it's looking for dinner and I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I happen to be around, yeah. then it's appropriate for me to be afraid and to do my level best to get out there as quick as I can. And I think similarly, those people who are currently, this is a sense I, a, a message I got from Spirit a little while ago that some people in the world that should be afraid of the current situation aren't um and it's, it's almost like it's a demarcation those in the spiritual community and you know it is it's like um care too which is a wonderful website they you know they act and they help um uh, underprivileged people they help um animals um there's another one arvaz i think it's pronounced a v double a z oh yeah yes, yeah yes, yes. okay another excellent and there are loads of these mm. now people that are involved in this and the spirit guides and um, they're, they're doing something to help make the world a better place. Really, those people don't need to be in fear because they've, they've looked at the situation. They're actively doing something about it. But there are some people out there, it's almost that like you hear the old expression, isn't it? Fiddling while Rome is burning. Mm. There, there, there are some things in the world that need addressing. And those people actually could do with being a little bit afraid in order to wake them up and then start to take action and then once they it's like fear is a warning message like pain is a message um if i put my if i lean in on the stove when the stove is on it hurts me and it, it sends me a message karen take your hand off the stove because you know it's going to hurt and you're going to injure yourself but once i've got the message once i've taken action i don't need to feel the pain anymore and i think that's the same with fear that um once people have got the message and they know that something can be done and what's more that spirit is with us you know, I've often said, because there are, you know, there are some kind of um, uh, interpretations of prophecy from long gone that, you know, would talk about only 144,000 people are saved and Armageddon happens and the world is destroyed. I don't think that's going to happen. My sense is, is that times are going to, you know, it's difficult now. There are going to be some pretty uh, serious difficulties that the world is going to have to deal with. But the reason that we're being allowed to experience is that is because we learn a lesson um, that if we treat each other, you know, I'm just talking collectively now, if we treat each other unkindly and fight against each, against each other and the people get hurt and people get killed, if we don't honour the planet and treat it well, then it won't be able to sustain itself and us. Um, and once we learn those lessons, then we get to another point. But I think what's going to happen, if you like, that for those that aren't taking stock of the situation, fear will actually initially be the catalyst that causes them 
to to reappraise the situation and then move into a more spirit-based way of thinking where fear will no longer be necessary. So I think all, all emotions, are, generally speaking, can have a positive... Um, a positive effect in the right context, or most emotions, anyway. Let me put it like that, um, mm. without running through every you know range of emotion that there yeah. is. But generally speaking, you know, most emotions in a certain context, like pain, like fear, can actually send a warning message. And then once we've got the message, it's like when somebody rings on the doorbell. Once I've opened the door, I, you know, I've answered the door. They don't need to ring anymore. And I think that's the same with fear, and that's the same with pain. Yeah. And once we've got the message, we can go, okay, got the message, I'm going to do something about it. And therefore, we don't need the ringing on the doorbell anymore because we're being proactive when we take an action. And I think um, when more people in the world, if you like, wake up to the potential problems and probably get a little bit afraid and think, oh my gosh, I better do something, that will be a good time because they'll then move beyond fear and beyond complacency to action. And that, I think, is going to be a watershed point. Mm. Yeah. I think it's the moment where people's they realise actually that they are the life they thought they'd led so comfortably up until that point is a risk of being completely thrown away. Yeah. You know, you know, the comfort zone is gonna go. Where yeah. you know, we're kind of in a in a I wouldn't say lucky, I say we're in a fortunate uh position where we're kind of we know what the potentials are, so we're kind of geared up for it in a way. So it's kind of it's almost like a mixture of uh, apprehension, but also excitement at the same time that you can help and contribute. Because if you know something's going to happen that might not be good, but you can be in a place to assist and make it a better transition for whatever we yeah. need to go through, then you actually—it's like a job well done. You get a kind of sense of satisfaction for being able to be of service in that way. Absolutely. And, but there was a, 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 a moment in my spiritual development where I was probably one of these people now who were, you know, in this comfortable kind of paradigm and then the whole thing just got taken out front of their feet. And you do go for this kind of anger, fear, and then you kind of calm down and go centre. Then it's everything then becomes, wow, you know. <laughs> I know it sounds yes. crazy, yeah. but everything just really amazes me because... You know, there is obviously things that we perceive as bad, but it is all the one creation. You know, this is part of God's creation. We're in the mind yeah. of God. And yeah. so it's all experience, really. And, and so, that it, I don't know, I just sit in awe, really, sometimes when I see things and the synchronicities that go on as well. Yeah. Um, and those synchronicities really give me a comfort that although things seem to be bad and chaotic, there's yeah. actually some kind of structure to it as well. Yeah, it's, it's it's kind of weird, isn't it? Because in a sense, whilst the you know the th things that are happening in the world are happening, you I mean synchronicity. What is it? You, you, that lovely phrase you use, a sync wink. A sync wink. Like, yeah, I really love that phrase. Um, <laughs> it's it, it, it shows that there is an underlying or uh, an underlying order and an underlying power that is so magnificent and so loving that whilst on the surface it might seem like there's a lot of chaos, and of course there is, it's not chaos to the extent that that, that wonderful force of unconditional love that we call God, Spirit, and you know so many other names, is, 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 um, is in control of things. And basically we're being allowed to learn a lesson as a society, as a, as a you know, culture, as a world, we're being allowed to learn a lesson. But whilst it might seem like um, things are out of control sometimes they're not really you know uh, humanity's been given a free reign but just so far so that the lesson is learned but not so far that we really mess things up and uh, in the in the right in the middle of it all um, you know my sense is from spirit there is this wonderful source of unconditional love that wants the best for us and we are in a sense whilst we are part of you know as you said we're, we're, we're part of this wonderful creation and we're all one in another sense it's almost like we're children of this wonderful source of love and that we're here in college or school or whatever analogy we want to to draw to learn these lessons and god's spirit is kind of watching over us like a loving parent and you know when we as so many i mean every day millions of people are doing lots of wonderful things and i'm sure that the spirit world really rejoice when that happens and of course when we when we do some you know, society does things that are wrong. I guess they mourn with us and, you know, help to steer things so that we reach a point that we learn the lessons so that we don't have to keep repeating the mistakes. But it, it, whilst it might look like um, things are happening chaotically and they're out of control sometimes, really they're not. And my sense is that there is, you know, the, the, the power of spirit, this, 
it is so phenomenal. If you think all of the universe, all of the universe, all of the planets exist, there is some force that holds all of this together, and it's interested in you. It's interested in me and everybody else that listens. Um, another wonderful phrase. I've just been reading the book on Jesus, which is why some of these uh, Bible quotes are coming to me. Remember, it said basically, um, if you knew who was with you, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be afraid of anything. If you knew who was with you, and they, obviously they're talking about their perception of God there. Um, but wherever somebody, whatever religious belief or uh, insight a person comes from, I think if we really, really stopped for a moment and tuned into exactly how magnificent and powerful and loving the source of unconditional love is, the source as lots of people call it, um, I think people would really sense that sense of harmony. Like you've just been talking about, you went through the fear and then you found an inner peace. Um, and I think that the more we we understand that there is a force that is guiding everything that's happening and we're not on our own and it's going to work out for the best. I think that's quite reassuring. Mm. Yeah. I'm just, I mean, just going back on the, the universe there as well, um, I've been sort of studying quite a lot of sacred geometry at the moment as well. Right. And, um, and it, it kind of goes way back to Egypt and stuff like that. And it's been, uh, they've used it, for, you know, the, the Masons have used it in building structures and buildings and uh, all the architecture around Egypt, stuff like that. But at the very f- fundamental fabric of the universe is just these amazing geometric shapes. Then there's right. one in particular, but they call it the the flower of life, which holds other shapes like the Metatron cube. And but out of all these geometric shapes, of born everything that kind of relates to us in a way. Like um, I don't know if you've ever seen the thing where they show you how the human body you can actually measure all different parts of it that all tie back to the golden ratio, the phi ratio oh right yeah i've heard okay. i've heard of some of this yeah yeah, yeah. Or, the, or similar to the fibonacci sequences of numbers where right. if, you, if you look in nature and you, and you look at us and everything in, in the universe they, it seems to be this relationship to sacred geometry yeah and, and in the book i'm looking at the moment it, it goes into you know massive detail of all the mathematics around it and it, it shows you the very lowest level how almost the universe is born out of this geometry and it's What's really beautiful about it is that it's completely ordered, right? There's no yeah. accidents there. There's wow. no coincidences. It just is this beautiful geometry that's just used throughout everything. And so it's almost like we're yeah. so, you know, we're kind of such a high level, we don't yeah. really see it. Um, but, you know, what if we just see this kind of chaos and accidents and things just don't uh, seem a little bit crazy? But really, there is this completely mm. synchronized structure to everything. But you have to go to a very, very high level or mm. to, to see it, to, see, I mean, to appreciate it, almost at the God level or the angel level or yeah. however high you want to go. Yeah, that's so inspiring. You know, I've, I've, now that you mention it, I've looked at it just in a little bit of detail once or twice over the years. And I find what you've just described so inspiring that at that, at, at that incredible um, level, these these um, shapes and number sequences and sacred geometry creep cropping up, which shows that there is there's intelligent design, and that design is reflected throughout all of creation. I, I find that absolutely incredible, inspiring, and very again very reassuring. Exactly, exactly. But another thing as well, we're we're kind of being co-creators and being intelligent co-creators. We've now created computers, right? Right. And computers. Are almost like they're, they're kind of based on similar principles. That apparently, what this book was saying that the universe is based on, with um, with numbers being bi- like a binary number system, and we right. use that within our computers. But also, if you look at computer games, we build completely um, like 3D realities of computer games with people, and they're all made out of g- geometry, all made out of polygons, geometric shapes. So we're kind of becoming godlike on a computer and almost mirroring what the universe is doing to us and we're doing it within the computer. We might not be doing it as amazingly accurate as the universe is doing, but we're certainly almost mirroring in a geometric way what the universe is doing. But we are God, so that's probably why we would do that. You see what I mean? We just do it. Absolutely incredible, isn't it? I remember reading a book years ago called Accelerated Learning. It's an excellent book by a guy called Colin Rose, and they actually make language courses on, on this subject, and, um, you know, they help people learn French in, you know, just a few days and things like that. And one of the things they showed, which kind of ties in with what you're saying, is that, um, 
if you sprinkle sand on a metal plate and then you say the sound om through the sand, I think if my memory serves me correctly, it forms the shape of triangles within triangles within triangles within triangles. Um, and the sand just all moves to the shape of triangles within triangles within triangles. So, uh, you know, um, even sound yes. produces this kind of geometric shape. You know, when when um, placed in an environment that it can do so. So I remember them saying something like "Om" is the sound of the universe, or something like that, something along yeah. those lines. Uh, it, so it's yeah, it is incredible. Yeah, very powerful sound. Yeah, yeah. In fact, it's funny you should say that because I was reading a chapter today that actually mentioned that with sand, with sand as well. She was. Yeah, yeah. Is that sick week again? Got, isn't it? I've got to try. <laughs> exactly. Oh wow, crikey. Yeah. yeah. So have we got much. Well, I've got four minutes. Four minutes left. Oh, wow. uh, yes. Oh, I know. I know. I know. So before before we go, we can go yeah. over a little bit. I mean, do you do you feel like you want to tune into your guides tonight, or, or do you want to just wrap it up with something? No, else? no. By all means, yeah. no. If uh, if I'll, I'll tune in if you've got a question, or if I just if you want me to kind of go open and just give them give you know share what they come through with whatever. Yeah. What would you like? I'm happy for you to just tune in and just okay. bring right, whatever then. you feel. Okay. Let me just do that. I'm just gonna. Well, first of all, Ian, I get the sense they're telling me to thank you for not just this show, but for everything that you've been doing to help um, get the message out there. You've you've created through the Spirit Guides this this meeting point where articles and um, like the videos and things like that from lots of different people can be shared. So you're providing um, an environment where people can come and learn, and they can learn rapidly about a lot of the new science. Um, spiritual insights from lots of different areas. So um, the, f- the first thing I'm getting a sense is that they want me to kind of acknowledge that with you, so I, d- I pass that to you now. Thank you very much. Now, uh, based on what we've we've talked about, I'm now getting a sense, no fear. They're telling me, like, no fear. There's, there's nothing for us to, to fear in the sense, and I put the context around this, you know, when we've talked about some of the other, some of the interpretations of prophecy from the past, that, like, the world is going to end and things like that. The sense I'm getting they're saying is is that isn't the case. Um, so as people, if you like, awaken and tune into to, to spirit as they as they connect with spirit um, and and awaken, they 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 no longer need to fear or worry or anything like that. So there is a sense that um, as they connect with spirit. Um, you can you, people can let go of their worries about where the, where the world is headed in the sense will it end? No, it won't. Um, let me see what else they're going to give me now. They're telling me uh, again. It might sound try that that uh, they're asking me to say love. Uh, love really is the key, and the more people tune into love, and they're giving me the phrase "God is love" now. That. The more people tune into God who is love and the more people tune into the love within themselves and express love throughout the world. That Okay, now they're giving me a key um, and they're showing me a key to love. That's the solution. The solution is love. If everybody lived with love and um, it made their decisions based on love, then things would change rapidly. And I'm getting... There's actually... I've got um, some oracle cards... And they're showing me the oracle card. It's um, angels and saints oracle cards. And they're showing me the oracle card, um, love. And it is like it's like a beautiful golden card. And that's what they're showing me now. So they're bringing that card to my attention and, and emphasizing the fact that um, as we unite with God, which is love, and as we express, as you've been saying, Ian, that we are of God, as we express that godly nature through ourselves, therein lies the solution to the problems of the world. That's what they're giving me. That's wonderful. Okay, so I share that with you, and yeah, that's a, that's and a great. Thank you um, for sharing it. So that's a wonderful message to end the show with. That's really good. Well, okay. thank you once again, Ian, very much indeed. It's been a pleasure to be with you and with everybody that's listening. Um, so I thank you very much for this opportunity. Do you're appreciate most, it. Uh, you're most welcome, and I'll speak to you soon. Okay, Ian. Okay. Thanks bye. a lot, then. Bye-bye for bye bye for now. Bye.